Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome. Welcome to another bright, sunny Saturday here in the Big Apple, coming to you live from the headquarters of the Keys 107, opening doors to endless possibilities, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Before we get started with today's show, and I'm not going to take a lot of time because we got two brothers on the line ready to go and, and give you some solutions to part of the problem that's happening in our community. But as always, before we begin that segment, i got to give you a recap of what's happening in our archives. Featured in our archives are last week's show, which featured journalist, author, playwright Peter Bailey, and journalist, talk show host, Brother Leroy, known as the communicator, who shared some poignant perspectives on the role of, black, of the black press and its input in the community historically and in the 21st century. They talked about the horrific murder of Emmett Till, and the printing of his photograph in the July 1964 issue of Jet Magazine, which was a pivotal point in galvanizing the forces during the civil rights movement in terms of the black press and our stamp and how we presented information to the community. And it's just an example of the power and the impact of the print media. Take it or leave it alone. Listen to the archive show for more information. And also archived are the Entrepreneurs of New York, Greg J.G. Jones, and Dr. DeForest B. Soares, Jr., author of Defree, Breaking Free from Financial Slavery. And just to let you know and to remind you that the keys are available 24-7 via Blog Talk Radio's website or downloaded on your smart, on your smart device app. And this show is brought to you by our featured sponsor today, which is The Fluff. Present the alphabet. Today we're going to bring you two men, men among men, who inspire hope for a better community, who will talk about their efforts to build community and stop the violence and stop the crime through a movement called Peacekeepers Global Initiative. As we approach the 17th anniversary of the historic Million Man March, the Day of Atonement, it is on time that we talk to Dennis Muhammad, who was the captain of Muhammad Mosque No. 7 in 1995 in Russell Simmons. Before we begin, I'd like to share some background about Captain Dennis. Uh, Captain Dennis, whose legacy began with his over 30-year unsurpassed history working in the Nation of Islam as captain of men. His community, he's a community organizer and sensitivity training consultant for law enforcement. He was and is inspired by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, especially with the Million Man March's call for the black man's commitment to affect change within the black community. He is the founder and the CEO of ENOTA, and I'm going to take a chance and say that's ENOTA Project, as well as the Peacekeepers Global Initiative. He's been in the streets talking and inspiring a renewed energy in the cease crime and killing of, by igniting a movement of people, people in Problem Solvers, called the Peacekeepers Global Initiative. Also, we have Brother Russell Simmons, the busiest man in show business, or the godfather of hip-hop, a native New Yorker from Queens. He is a legend in the genesis of hip-hop and the founder of Death Jam Records and Death Comedy Jam. As a promoter, producer, and community organizer, community organizer and of course, we all know him as a successful entrepreneur. He is known for his philanthropic initiatives, for breaking barriers and building empires such as Fat Farm, Rust Communications, and, of course, the Rush Card. <laughs> Russell Simmons is known to be outspoken and present when issues of injustice prevail, like Occupy Wall Street and now the Peacekeepers Global Initiative, always with a cap and a smile. Welcome. Welcome to the Keys, opening doors of endless possibilities, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And today's topic focuses on the state of the black community. What will it take to rebuild, and can it be rebuilt? Welcome, Captain Dennis Muhammad and Russell Simmons. Captain Dennis? Well, thank you so much. First and foremost, always giving honor and praise to God for allowing me another chance to correct yesterday's mistakes. I want to greet you all in the greeting words of peace. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikum salam. Um. Before we get in, in, in the depth and the scope of the Peacekeepers Global Initiative, I have to start off by asking you, um, what is the ENOTA product and a project? And is it is it an acronym or is that ENOTA? It's ENOTA. ENOTA is an acronym. It's a tone spelled backwards. Uh, in 1995, of course, the Honorable Minister Farrakhan inspired me 
to um, get involved in an area that I was pretty much instrumental in and when I was the East Coast Regional Captain in New York. Uh, some of the men on this line uh, were with me when I used to do sensitivity training with the NYPD. And, of course, what I wind up doing is making it my business to give sensitivity training to law enforcement. The acronym ENOTA stands for Educating Neighborhoods to Obey Those in Authority. That is the community sensitivity training because as law enforcement needs sensitivity training, our community needs sensitivity training. But the sensitivity training for law enforcement is called AT1. It's A-T-O-N-E. Now, of course, AT1 stands for Alternative Training Offered for Neighborhood Enforcement. That's what we give the police department. We give them an alternative training that they may use as they enforce the law in our community. So the community sensitivity training is ENOTA, which is a tone spelled backwards. And the law enforcement sensitivity training is really a tone, but it's A-T with a dash, O-N-E. Every now and then one of those law enforcement would get smart and says, hey, Captain Mohammed, that's a tone. I said, no, it's at one. We're trying to make you at one with the community. You know, you you um, hit on a point that I wanted to definitely um, bring out um, in 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 our conversation because we are approaching on October, the weekend of October 13th, the um, 17th anniversary of the Million Man March and the, the Holy Day of Atonement. That atone um, component is not the component that has been prevalent in recaps and summaries and retrospective dialogue about the Million Man March. And I think it's very um, interesting and superb of you to have no uh, to have named your um, movement or your uh, project Inoda. Well, it was very important. I, I thought that a lot of the things that created the problems in our community is due to the fact that we have not atoned. That was the major piece of the Million Man March over 17 years ago. The minister took us there to Washington, D.C., and had us as men to atone for the lack of being fathers, to atone to our women for not being the husbands and the men that we should have been, to atone to one another as brothers for us not being brothers to one another and, of course, to atone to God. So I thought what better way to get our people into a training than to be able to give them something that's called a tone. And I just thought I'd bring our people through the back door, so I flipped it. But atonement is a very important piece. We know it's eight steps to it. And, of course, it's coming up again this year. Uh, we all take this opportunity to uh, atone. And uh, it's a refreshing, it's, it's a, cleansing, clean, a cleansing that we go through at least once a year. And so... Anyone that we have wronged, whether it be friend, whether it be family member, or whether it be just someone that you know that over the years you have not done the right thing, your children, we take this opportunity to atone. Hmm. Now, the, the Peacekeepers Global Initiative, I know that all of these components equal one for you, but let's just, um, let's just sub, subcategorize it just for the... The, the the way we present the information to the community. Uh, what is the Peacekeepers Global Initiative, and what are its principles, its mission, and its objectives? Well, the Peacekeepers Global Initiative is an uh, is like it is. It's an initiative that is designed to be an action plan for those organizations that desires to curb crime and violence in their community. I started the Peacekeepers Global Initiative a little over four years ago, and its mission is to call men in particular and our community in general to accept the responsibility to be present in the community as a deterrent for crime. We believe that it is the moral obligation of the men to protect the women and children of the community. And so the Peacekeepers Global Initiative is asking the men, whether you're white, 
whether you're black, whether you're Hispanic, whether you're poor, whether you're rich, whether you're Democrat, whether you're Republic, whether you're old school, new school, whether whatever your political persuasion, your racial persuasion, your religious persuasion, Christian or Muslim, we're calling all men to become peacekeepers, to go into our communities and the worst part of our communities and give at least one hour of your time a week to be present for peace. And our objective is to win back the respect of our young people who are out there dying at the hands of one another over senseless reasons. We believe that we do not go out there in the community to judge our young people. That is the most important part of being the peacekeepers. We're not going out there acting as if we're the police. We're not the police. We're not going out there to act like we're the father that has not been in their life all their life, and now we want to tell them what to do. We go out there, and I love one of the things that y'all say. We use the principle of love and kindness. We believe, as Jesus said, with love and kindness, I draw thee. So we believe that if we apply love and kindness to our young people, we can draw them to a better way of life. So the Peacekeepers Global Initiative is an action plan. It's not an organization. And if you're if you're interested in trying to curb violence, it is one of the best, if not the best, besides what the nation doing, action plan to do it. So how do you define peace, Brother Dennis? Well, peace is the absence of conflict. Peace is the absence of war. I define peace, all conflict are not violent. And peace is an is when one is in harmony with the will of God. When you're at harmony at the, and, and in unity with the will of God, the byproduct of submitting to God's will is peace. As we say, peace is the absence of war. Peace is the absence of conflict. And so we believe that our community is at war, and we believe that we have much conflict in our life. So we're not just saying that all conflict is violent, but we do believe that we need to solve some of the social conflicts that creates uh, chaos and violence and disharmony and disunity and disorder in our life. Well, I think it's um, um, one of the most concrete and clear definitions I heard um, uh, explained verbally about what is peace, because everybody's definition of peace may differ. So what I may consider peace, you may not consider peace. And um, you mentioned earlier that it's not a organization, it's an action plan. And what is the action plan? Can you just take a moment and outline some of the key components of the action plan? I mean, you well, can have all the time do? you want, Brother Dennis. You know that, right? <laughs> what, <laughs> We're not going to stop we, what, you, so. <laughs> what, we, what we have realized, my brothers who I, I can't even express the mad love of the men that's on this line, Brother Forrest, Brother James, Brother Jason, these men knew me as one of the minister's top soldiers. I always try to live my life as an example of what that man has taught us. But they know when you call me Captain Dennis, that is a title that is afforded to the men who is responsible in the development and the reformation of the training of the men in Islam. I can truthfully say that I am a repairman. That is my profession. I repair men. I am a product of repair. Muhammad found me tore up from the floor up, and there was a captain that repaired me. And so I realized that as we go to repair our community, it must start with repairing men. And so we called all of the men. In 1995, the Honorable Minister Farrakhan, he called for one million men. Two million men showed up. And the minister had us to take a pledge. And when we took that pledge, crime dropped in every major city in America. 
And that let me know that when the black man make up his mind, that we can stop crime and violence. Well, that that lasted for a minute, and then after that, we went back to business as usual. I felt that those two million men were still out there. Yes. And so I started the peacekeepers four years ago to call those men back to active duty. And so I went around the country, and when I first got started, I was called into New Orleans. Minister Willie invited me into New Orleans because there was a man that had slit the throat of his three-year-old son because he did not want to pay child support. Mm. And to think that a man, one of us, would reduce ourselves to such a low level that we would kill our own child. So we went in, and out of that, I started the first chapter of the Peacekeepers in New Orleans. I looked in an audience, and there was about 300 men present, and I took it upon myself that day to ask each and every one of those men, do you want to see peace in the community? Raise your hand. And they raised their hand. Mm -hmm. I said, do you want to see peace in your home? And every one of them raised their hand. I said, do you want to see peace in the world? And they raised their hand. And I said, don't you want peace of mind? And everyone raised their hand. Then I said, then stand up and become a peacekeeper. Let us now go into these streets and be present for peace. We don't want you to do nothing but give us 60 minutes of your time. We call it the hour of power. Not one hour a day, but one hour a week. I felt I made one hour for the very reason I wanted to be attainable. I believe it would be very difficult for any man to say he don't have 60 minutes in a week to be able to make, to be present, to make our community safe for our women, our children, and our elderly. So every one of those men raised their hand and said they can give 60 minutes of their time. And then I said, well, being a captain, I know <clears throat> I would never want to put untrained men into the streets. No more do we have put an untrained soldier into the streets with the final call newspaper. Uh -huh. I have on this line three of the baddest lieutenants that Muhammad could have in his arsenal. Those men knew that in order to be able to get a great product, it has to come from great training. So they sent the men to a manhood training we call FOI training and prepared those men to be the men now that most of our people see that's out on those streets and their suits and their bow ties and their fearless men. They were not always, we were not always like that. But it took men like Brother James. It took men like Brother Forrest. It took men like First Officer Brother Jason who transformed the lives of many men. So I knew before I would put these brothers and sisters on these, these violent streets, I have to give them some training. So we give the peacekeepers a six-weeks training, dear sister, and in those six-weeks training, we give them training in CPR and first aid, then we give them training in self-defense, and then we give them training in the hallmark of what we call the nation to proper hand the people. We sincerely believe that if you're going to put the people on a violent street, they need to know life-saving skills. Hmm. We believe that it's better to know it and not have to use it than have to use it and don't know it. Hmm. So each peacekeeper knows CPR and first aid. Then we teach them self-defense. Every city have a brother that's in the arts. Now, we don't teach them kicks. We're not trying to give them a belt. We're not trying to put them in no tournament. All we're trying to do is to give men and women a training that would produce the kind of confidence that would make them believe they would be able to defend themselves if they're ever attacked. 
All we teach, sister, is basic moves on how to get out of a hole and how to put somebody in a hole. And, of course, in every chapter, there's always that one that just want to go run and get help. We even train them how to run. We just have to tell them, just come back. That's all we have. When you go help, just come back. And then yes. after we give them the three phases of training, the third, second phase of training, the third phase, to me, is the hallmark. We teach our people the proper handling of people. Why? Yes. Because we don't want to go out there with the kind of language that would incite our people to what we call confrontational language. Confrontational language is this kind of language. We take them back to the streets. That's confrontational language. You got to pull up your pants. That's confrontational language. You know, you're going to have to stop selling dope around here. We're going to stop coming from selling That's confrontational language. We teach our people the proper handling of people. And what we teach them is love and kindness. We teach them don't be judgmental. Don't go out there and try to tell these young men to pull up their pants. Don't go out there and try to tell them what not to do. Just be what the minister told us to be. You don't have to condemn a dirty glass. Just sit a clean glass beside them. We oh. teach the, the men and the women who are peacekeepers, go out there with a smile. When you go out there and you see the brothers on the corners and you got your shirt, we have a bright orange shirt, and on the front of the shirt it says, I am present for peace. Well, why is that so important that we have that on the front of the shirt and not on the back of the shirt? And the very reason why we have I am present for peace on the front of the shirt is the very reason why Mr. Muhammad taught us how to go out there in a suit and a bow tie. This is what the brothers love. We are taught, sister, that a person will see you before they hear you. That's why light travels faster than sound. That means they're going to see you. So that means that if you come a certain way, if they see you in a certain way, then that's the way they're going to deal with you and see what you have to say. If I approach these young men dressed like a bum, then they're going to, you know, they're not, they don't want to hear nothing i got to say. But if I'm dressed, as we say, suited and booted, then, you know, hey, okay, that's one of the brothers, okay. And if I come and I'm in an orange shirt and you don't know what my intentions are and you're seeing 50 to 60 men walking up on you in this bright orange, and then when we get close, you see these words, I am present for peace. It just de-escalate anything that they may have in their mind. They say, oh, okay, okay, all right. They ain't even open their mind. They read it. I am present for peace. I'm not present for violence, brother. I'm not present for for uh, 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 disunity. I'm not present for madness. I'm here, brother, being present for peace. And the reason why, and then I say to the young brothers when they see us, how you doing, brother? My name is Brother Dennis, and I'm a peacekeeper, man. Oh, brother, the only reason why we're out here is that we want to guarantee for one hour while we're here that our women are safe. Our children are safe. Our seniors are safe. You can appreciate that, can't you, brother? And I've never had a young man say no. They are, they're, oh, yes, sir, yes. Well, brother, you could join us. Sometimes they join us. Sometimes if they sell and don't, they just walk away. We always know how to break up a corner, right, soldiers? We tell you, they used to wonder, how do the Muslims able to sit there and take over a drug corner? All we got to do is walk on that corner where they're selling drugs and start talking about God. <laughs> they start walking away. Soon you start, soon, hey, man, let's talk about the Lord. Man, how can you want to talk about God when you're acting like the devil? So scriptures say darkness must flee when light comes. So when we go out there as peacekeepers, when peace is present, violence is absent. When peace comes. You can drive. You can't drive out violence with violence. You can only drive out violence with peace. You can't drive out hate with hate. You can only drive out hate with love. You can't drive out darkness with darkness. You can only drive out darkness with light. And that's what we come. We come saying to our brother. We don't even come saying, "What are you out here doing?" We don't even use the term. We come to stop the killing. Cause, dear family, we would never be able to stop killing. We're not saying we are here to stop the violence because we never stop the violence. As long as people are not serving God, you're going to have killing. As long as people are not submitting to God, you're going to have violence. So what we say is we are here to promote peace. We are 
love from above. We are here, brother, to bring unity in the community. See, those are attainable goals. We don't use defeating language. So we able to we able to create an environment of peace. We have the power to do that. We're able to bring love to our young people. We have the power to do that. And we do bring unity in the community because the peacekeepers are women peacekeepers. We have a Jewish rabbi peacekeeper. We have white peacekeepers. We have Hispanic peacekeepers. We have all kinds of peacekeepers. So we have shown that we are bringing unity in the community. So those are the three major trainings that we give. And once they go through that six weeks training, then we give them their beautiful, bright orange shirt. Then we take their picture. They take their picture, and we give them a peacekeeper's ID. And once they get the peacekeeper's ID, now they are official peacekeepers. And what we do, we hold a press conference. And then we bring the media, and we introduce to that city, these are your peacekeepers. Give them a round of applause because tomorrow they're going to go into and we name the area to do their one-hour power. And, man, we go into that community the next day. The press is out there. Everybody's feeling good when they see the peacekeepers coming down the street. The women are applauding. Everybody's going peace. And then we begin to inspire hope back into our community, and then we call that a peacekeeper's chapter, and then Brother Dennis moves on to the next city. Now, Brother Dennis, the um, the statement that you have printed on on most of your um, your your jackets and, and your shirts, "I am present for peace." Tell me how that sentence, that statement, came about. Oh, sister, that's a good question. One day was on my Facebook. Everybody know I'm a Facebook guru. I don't know. I'm so I got that. <laughs> I I'm gonna tag bad. your page. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got it. I got it real bad. But you know, I've learned to use that social network not for foolishness and madness. Anybody know Brother Dennis? They know I put that Facebook to work. But yes, what I done one day was I wanted all of the peacekeepers men to check in. So I put it out there on my Facebook. I need all the peacekeepers to check in. And when you check in, just say you present for peace. And then they would check in. Captain Dennis, Atlantic City, so-and-so, so, I'm present for peace. And that's how we came up with the word, I'm present for peace. It was such a catchy thing, you know. It was just them checking in. You know how you in school, you say so-and-so, present, so-and-so, mm-hmm. present. So mm-hmm. I would tell all of yeah, it was roll call. That's what it was. And I was asking all the peacekeepers to, to check in, and I said, every peacekeeper, just let me know you present for peace. And so one brother said, Captain, I'm present for peace. So-and-so down here in Mississippi, I'm present for peace. So it became the best cliche. And matter of fact, sister, only God could have put that in my heart and mind because now it is one of the most known saying everybody is being present for peace, and it is one probably the most sellable shirts that we have out there. So that's how we came up with I'm present for peace. Now, now, Brother James has a statement or a question, but before he gets there, I have to ask you, because I know I'm going to forget as we get deeper into this, the color orange. How did that come about as opposed oh, to red or blue? Well, I'm going to tell you why I chose the color orange. I thought about the security, about the the peacekeepers, the men and women who were going to be out there. And I wanted them to wear orange, where orange is probably one of the most visibly seen colors from a distance. Mm. I realized that the color orange is why they use orange in construction. When you see most of anything under construction, you see the color orange. You see the orange cones in the highway. You see the orange side. And I thought that the orange was so befitting because when you do see the peacekeepers and you do see that orange, it is saying that our community is under construction. That's what we're saying. We also know that the color orange means to proceed with caution. So when you see us, be very cautious about running up on us. We also know that the orange 
the color orange is also in 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 in, in any language it is probably the most happiest of all colors. And it does represent the sun. The sun I think is a little bit more orange than it is red, but I think that I couldn't have came up it's just a beautiful, bright I'm telling you, if you see any any I mean I'm so I got the orange so bad. I got it so bad. <laughs> I can't I can't look at the color orange and not think it's a feast keep I see by the orange. I, I, I got it so bad I, I, my my whole wardrobe been in turn orange. I'm an orange man. And mm. so but it is a very oh man, it's just a beautiful color. Yes, and it God is. gave it to us and when you see it, like we've seen it uh when Brother Jason with us wasn't it awesome, Brother Jason, when Sunday, I mean, to see that sea of orange. Oh, yes, sir. And, it, and if you see one person move away from that orange, you can see them moving away. You can you can spot them. So it was a color that God, again, inspired me to, to come up with the right color, and it's a beautiful And people love the color orange, and it works so well for us. See, brother, brother uh, Dennis, it's, it's my intention when people leave this um, conversation that we're having today, they clearly understand that every component in the Peacekeepers Global Initiative is well put together. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Oh, brother brother Gavin, this is Brother James, and I want to say, brother, I'm very honored to be on the line with you because soldiering with you, I know what you're bringing to the table for the brothers and the Peacekeepers and I know that there's men out here who have questions for you that are on the line who want to just um, uh, shout you out or ask you a question. They're all over the place, brother, all over the globe calling in. So I want to ask our illustrious engineer to take on the first caller. Brother Captain, are you prepared to, to answer some questions from our, our, our callers that are on the line? Of course, of course. I'll be honest. Okay, Brother Forrest, let's give um, Brother Captain the first caller in. Caller, are you on the line? Please identify yourself. You know, uh, Brother James and, and Captain Dennis, we have um, Brother Saeed Shabazz from the final call on the line. Saeed, are you there? Brother Saeed, are you there? Brother Saeed, your mic is live. Are you there? This is Brother Shaheed. 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 Right. From D.C. Right. Originally from number number seven. Originally from New York. I'm in D.C. Calling in. Uh, Brother Captain Dennis, man, I love you. I love you so much, man. You know you were my first <laughs> regional captain, and uh, I hear you uh, had you verbalize it, and I hear the word orange, and I have the same problem saying orange because I'm from New York City, but... Um, I love you so much. I love what you're doing, and we want you in D.C. you got to come here, brother. you got to come here and do what you're doing all over the place, man. You you know, your presence your presence for peace is needed here because these young brothers are off the chain in Maryland and D.C., and, uh, you know, what you're doing is down to earth. And, um, again, I love you so much, man. Even when I was an artist, man, even when I was at, at SU, Syracuse University, the presence was up there. You you were in Buffalo, correct me if I'm wrong. That's uh, right, that's right. With uh, Minister Kenneth and... and uh, that's from right. Oh, you go way back. With Kenneth, uh, boy, you go way back. We go back to like 81, 82. So, yeah, uh, thank you so much, man. Love you so much, brother. Appreciate and what I you love do. you. I love you more, brother, and I'm planning to come to D.C. I was invited to be a panelist at the State of the Black Race that is done every year by Ron Daniels and our great emeritus, Dr. Leonard Dunstan. I don't know it's going to be at Howard University, but our brother, Brother Carlos, who everybody knows, uh, uh, um, I think, do for self, he's invited me, hopefully, to uh, Baltimore to uh, come and bring that I'm present for peace walk there. So I'm hoping within that same time to hit Baltimore and to come right on into D.C. And inshallah, if I come in, in D.C., we definitely want to start a peacekeeper chapter in the great city of D.C. Inshallah. Inshallah. And the only other thing I'm going to say in closing, because I know time is short, 
Um, I don't know if you know about the VH1 documentary I worked on with AZ Faison. We're up for two Emmys. October 1, we're going to do something at the 4040 Club in recognition of the uh, two Emmy nominations. But that's that whole movement that's coming out of that with the hip-hop piece and stopping the drugs on the street and all that good stuff, man, I would love to have you present uh, for that function so we can talk more about that. But I'm going to talk with Brother Kadir and Brother uh, Aaron, you know, Brother Mr. Kadir and Brother Captain Aaron, to see uh, what we can do to get you in D.C., brother. Um, I got your number. We're going to make it happen, man. Please, I'll be so, brother. I love my family there in the Mid-Atlantic, man, and whatever I could do, man, I'm definitely present for peace, brother. And that, and I'm and congratulations on y'all coming up on that documentary. I think that there's no way that we could talk about hip-hop and don't talk about the nation of Islam's influence That's right. in hip-hop. There's not, uh, brother, not brother one Shahid, artist. Brother Shaheed yes, Amala, I, I thank you so much, and... and Please excuse me for mistaking you for someone else. I'm clear who you are right now. Yes, um, thank you so much for calling in. And I just have a um, question, Brother um, Dennis, from one of our chat room participants, and that person wants to know what is the age um, for a person wanting to get involved? Oh, there's no age. Is there a limit? You know, mm. Well, you know, we, we, you know, if you're about 9 or 10, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I mean, there's no limit. I mean, we want we got youth peacekeepers. We got uh, we got youth peacekeepers coming out of um and I can't it 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 it, 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 it me now to think about the school in Mount Vernon, New York, we have about twenty five kids out yet. We are called youth junior peacekeepers. So we have junior peacekeepers. But there's no limit to uh our teenagers, our adults, our elders. If you just want to be a peacekeeper, you're a peacekeeper. Okay, and we have another chat room question. Um, says, can you tell us about the history of your working with the brothers and sisters in the Christian community? Oh well, you know, listen. Most of every peacekeeper chapter uh, came out of the church. The church was the instrumental piece of how we did the training in the organization of the peacekeepers, and that was due to the fact that because I have been with the Honorable Minister Farrakhan for over 33 years. I know the mad love that the minister has for the Christian family. I know the mad love that the minister has for the preachers. And I made it my business that we're not going to go nowhere, nowhere as a people without the black church. The black church is the oldest institution we have in our community. And I wanted to make sure that we tied the knot with our Christian family. And so we have a, most of 98% of the peacekeepers are Christians. I'm going to say that again. 98% of the peacekeepers are Christians. They find the values of what they believe and taught by Jesus to be peacekeepers' values. Savior's Day two years ago, the minister quoted one of the Beatitudes of Jesus, and it was, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are called the children of God. Well, we are that. We are the peacemakers because you can't keep peace unless you first make the peace. And every community we go, we make the peace, then we come behind that and we keep the peace. So our Christian family, I I, I love them so much, and uh, I refuse, like the minister taught us, I refuse to be divided by uh, our Christian family, so they play. The preacher plays a very critical role in um, helping with the peacekeepers, and you normally use that church for us to hold our meetings. And when we do the training, we normally do the training in a church. Now yes, we have um, brother Dennis. Um, brother Dennis, we have uh, brother Tahir from the Brooklyn Peacekeepers on the line. Oh, he's been on hold for so long. I don't want to lose him. Brother Tahir, move forward. Yes, how you doing, beloved? I'm present for peace. I'm Brother Ty here from the Brooklyn Peacekeepers. Um, I'll from peace and blessings to everyone on the line. How y'all doing, family? All right, Brother Ty here. Assalamualaikum. Brother Ty here. brother. How y'all doing? Uh, I'm from the Brooklyn Peacekeepers, and uh, I met Brother Captain Dennis. Had to be some years back, and the brother inspired me to do more in my community. He, uh, we actually go out for like an hour every Saturday, and I actually. Me and some other brothers, uh, Brother Jesse, uh, Brother Barry out of Brooklyn, we, we try to keep 
the, the, the peace within the community by offering ourselves as peacekeepers to the community. Uh, Brother Captain Dennis, in truth, has just been awe-inspiring to us all. Anybody that knows the man, knows the man, comes with love and peace from his heart. The man has helped me in ways as an individual that has helped me to want to get out in the community and do the same that he does with other people. As you can tell, I'm outside on the street right now. But uh, I just wanted to offer my love and extend my, 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 my heartfelt feelings to the brother for all he has done in Brooklyn and, and throughout the United States of America. He's a major brother. Uh, he's one of my Facebook friends, as he uh, spoke on earlier. And uh, the bottom line is, the work that he's trying to do and, and the work that we are doing is going to make a change in this community. Well, Thank you, Brother this is, here. We love you, Brother. We love you, too, sir. You know that. Yes. All right. The uh, the Keys family and the Peacekeeper family, be advised, we have to take a, a commercial break. But when we come back, Brother Captain, there's still callers on the line that want to reach out and, and talk to you. And then we got a few other questions that we want to pose you as you're on the line. So let's take us to break, and when we come back, we'll go right to the questions for those who are still holding on the line for Captain Dennis and the Peacekeepers. You really don't understand, do you? Hey, man, don't you realize in order for us to make this thing work, man, we've got to get rid of the pimps and the pushers and the prostitutes and then start all over again clean. Hey, look, nobody's pushing me anyway, okay? I mean, not you, not the cops, nobody, man. I mean, you want to get rid of the pushers, I'll help you. But don't send your people after me. John, can't you see that we can't get rid of one without getting rid of the other? we got to come down on both of them at the same time in order for this whole thing to work for the people. Hey, look, nobody's closing me out of my business. Because of serious economic times, there's been an increase of violence and crime. Most of its victims have been women and youth. There must be a collective effort for all of the grassroots organizations and social agencies to bring peace to these communities. Peace is the common denominator that allows us to transcend above religious, political, and racial differences. We also believe that peace is not just the absence of war or violence. But peace is the absence of conflict. All conflicts are not violent. We must work together as peacekeepers to eliminate these conflicts to create an environment of peace. I am present for peace. www.thepeacekeepers.org
from the heart of Harlem, USA. Don't forget, every Saturday, 7 p.m., The Communicator, with your host, Brother Leroy, on the Keys Network. Entrepreneurs of New York Incorporated, a virtual entrepreneurial service agency designed to increase productivity for small businesses operating and servicing urban communities worldwide. Remember, the Entrepreneurs of New York Incorporated, E-N-Y. You can find us on Facebook. This portion of the key was brought to us by Moon107.com. Moon107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and a gift shop. The women's shop features stylish tunics, suits and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cuffed shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories. Moon 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Don't forget to visit moon107.com. Survival got me bugging, but I'm alive on arrival. I'm being back to shape for the streets to stay awake to the ways of the world. A man with a dream with plans to make dreams. Captain Dennis, uh, we thank you for giving so much of your time and and helping us to clarify any misconceptions about what the Peacekeepers Global Initiative is, and um, one of the questions that did come up in the chat room was um, how many cities are you connected with or are you active in right now? We're active in 19 cities in one country, which is uh, London, England. Mm. Now, what was, what was the community's first reaction when you came into the community talking about I am present for peace? I mean, because, you know, there's this misconception going on that the people in the black community just really don't care, and that's one of the reasons why this violence and crime is so prevalent, because we just don't care. Well, that's that's not true. You know, I, I mean, people don't care what you know. They just want to know that you care. Mm. If we came into a community showing love. Our people know when you really care about them. Any child knows when a person really care about them versus they don't care about them. We have been received so um, well. I can't even tell you of any community where we were not received well. We're received, you know, there there is some suspicion when we come into a community by the law enforcement, and there is some suspicion when we come into the community by the politicians. So what I've made it my business to do, that if someone brought me to their city, one of the first matter of business before I talk to the town hall meeting or the community or the citizens of that community, I must first meet with the mayor and the local leadership and the law enforcement first. Every meeting is preceded by a meeting that... uh, first with the law enforcement and the mayor. So when I meet that morning with the mayor, his staff, <coughs> and some community other organizations, I get a chance to <coughs> present to them the Peacekeepers Initiative. And once they hear it, you know, and it happens in every city I go, when we say to the mayor, say to the law enforcement that we're not here 
looking for anybody to fund us. And then soon the mayor says, soon we said to the mayor, wipe his brush. But thank God, now you got my attention. Because they always think people want some money. We're there because we have no option but to make our community safe. We tell the law enforcement who may think that we try to be like the guardian angels. They have a different approach. They look. They try to be more like the police. We're not the police. I have to say to the law enforcement community, no, sir, we're not the police. We're not trying to be the police. We don't act like the police. We just out there being present for peace. We don't carry no weapons. We respect the police. And so once we say that, then they feel comfortable. They say, oh, okay. Then when we say to the community organizations that we're not bringing nobody into your community, we're not bringing another group into your community, the men and women who will become peacekeepers are men and women who are from your community. We don't bring foreigners into another city. We don't bring peacekeepers. We raise the peacekeepers so the local organizations, then they'd be more, oh, okay, we thought you coming in as if you trying to start another. No, 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 no. So we have to be able to very clearly define our role and our purpose before we talk to the community. Now, once we do that, then at the town hall meeting, the mayor normally show up, the police chief normally show up because they know that we're not coming to outshine them or try. We're coming to uh, uh, lend into the work they're trying to do to curb the senseless violence. So they find us friendly users. They find us is not a Muslim initiative. This is a people's initiative. This is a human initiative. And so once we do that, then the, the community is, is where they see the mayor sitting up there, they see the police sitting up there, they see some of the community leaders sitting up there endorsing this initiative, then the rest is, is easy. Mm. So there, there's been a, a good synergy between you, the community, and the police. That's also something that people would step back and say, prove it, show it, because the police kind of have a different feeling in our community today. Well, you know, one of the things that I do have an advantage, and that is because I've trained over 13 police departments in the country in sensitivity, I pretty much know the mindset of those men and women in law enforcement. And because I've given sensitivity training for over 25 years now, I have a great respect for the men and women who are committed to public safety. But then again, I understand the frustration that people in law enforcement have, especially as it relates to our community. I understand that they can never stop crime and violence because crime and violence is a social problem. And police officers are not social workers. As Dr. Omar Johnson said, one of our great scholars, he says that uh, lack of jobs and lack of education is the mother and father that gives rise to crime and violence. Well, yeah. if, that's the, if that's what gives rise to crime and violence, mm-hmm. the mother and father to give birth to is lack of jobs and lack of education, then police officers are not going to give you no job. Police officers are not going to give you no education or foster that. So we understand that it takes the community and all of the social organizations to work on eradicating the social conditions that gives rise to crime and violence. So because I understand that with law enforcement, I have to I understand that they know it takes the community. Another piece that's very crucial is that I don't know about the history of that particular police department in one of those cities that I may go in. So I'm not quick to align myself up and the peacekeepers with that police department because if that police department historically have a history of racial profiling, have a history of, of excessive force we call today uh, police brutality, then I don't want to associate the peacekeepers with a department that, shouldn't, that does not respect its citizens. I don't care about the police department. But if the, if the police department or the commander has a genuine, sincere desire to see crime and violence eradicated in the community, then we're willing to work with them as we do this work. But I first have to say that to them. I first, in a private meeting, make it known to the law enforcement community, our people don't trust.